Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space, you are coping with the fact that, damn, all those loved ones, you know, like my mom and pop pop or, you know, Uncle Mike or Uncle Johnny, whatever, whoever it might be, they're not here anymore. And they kind of made the holiday season, right? Because they were the glue that stuck together. I don't know if I'll ever experience um, the holiday season the way that I did when my grandparents were here because their home was the hub, you know? Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist. And Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Tis the season to be jolly, but how can I be when I have nobody? Now, for those of you out there, lady, who are really into R&B holiday music, you automatically recognize that verse or that quote. That quote comes to us from the song, What Do the Lonely Do at Christmas by The Emotions. T, I have my thoughts on what I think this song represents, but what comes up for you when you hear that? Well, for me, I feel like it makes me, it just kind of brings back memories well, one, it brings back memories from the holiday season and Christmas in particular. And I think about when I was younger, you know, looking back on those times, it was just such, there were so many good memories that I have of, you know, the family being together and everybody meeting at my grandmother's house for, for dinner and all that good stuff. But then at the same time, it makes me think about now in adulthood, how the holiday season looks very different than it did back then. And I can see how folks can struggle with the holiday blues if, you know, things are just different and how they remember the holidays being growing up or years ago when family was there. It may just be very different at this point in life. And so it just makes me kind of think about just the winter blues in general. Yes, the winter blues and the clinical term for when someone truly is experiencing the winter blues is called seasonal affective disorder, aptly acronymed as SAD. So seasonal affective disorder is usually around during this time of the year where the weather is colder and the days are a lot shorter. And so people aren't being exposed to as much sunlight and as much warmth. And when you factor in the holiday season, which consists of, if we think about like from Thanksgiving to New Year's, that's six weeks of time that's supposed to be really festive. But oftentimes if you're in this, this period of the weather isn't really that nice and 
work may seem to be really tough then or stressful, then everything can feel exponentially worse. So the people around you are trying to engage in all these holiday gatherings, whether that's at work, whether that's with an organization that you're involved in, somewhere in your community, your church, whatever. Everybody seems to be like you walk into the grocery store and you see all these holiday decorations. Like I know I started seeing holiday decorations before Halloween. And that can be overwhelming to someone who isn't really in that spirit for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think that, I mean, I, it's just tough because I feel like we have these commercialized, you no, know, in some cases we have man-made holidays, right? That are, that just entice people to spend a lot of money. And then we have these other holidays that are commercialized so heavily where it's like, if you aren't doing stuff, you know, like let's say Valentine's Day, for instance, right? You see everybody else with their, their boo thing on social media and they got the roses leading up to the bed and all these things. And it kind of makes you feel like you got, you got a little case of FOMO where it's like fear of missing out, right? Cause you, you're, you know how it is on social media. We already know yep. what we're going to see around holiday time. People going to be like, don't be posting y'all cheap paper plates with your nasty food, right? And then other people are going to be like, don't be posting. <laughs> I always see posts like that. And then they're going to be like, don't be posted, you know, your family pictures with your big tree. And then some people don't have that. So it's just, it's tough. You know, it can be tough for you if you're on social media. Um, but one thing I want to really just touch on really quickly. Do you remember what the holidays were like back when you were younger? Yes, the holidays, at least how I recall them now, I choose to recall them fondly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I don't have any negative memories of the holidays growing up. Like even something that could be perceived as, oh, that's, that was rough. Like, why did you have to go to bed? Like I remember, so I grew up Catholic and we would go to midnight mass. So in between Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, we would go to midnight mass. But what that meant for us was that my mom would like, wash and roller set our hair at like one o'clock in the afternoon and then she would tell us because you know we had to be awake during midnight mass she would tell us that at like three o'clock we're having to take a nap and I remember being like 11 or 12 like the hell of a nap like I'm too <laughs> grown for this mm-hmm. <laughs> at 12 right As an adult now, I look back on that and I think about like how, how that was fun. Like to, to know that we had these traditions of like my mom would do our, you know, do our hair and we take a nap and we get up and we get dressed up in our, you know, our Sunday's best to go to midnight mass, which usually involved like we had to get there really at like 11 o'clock because there was Christmas caroling by the choir and we would usually stop at my grandparents' house first to have cookies and eggnog. And, and so like little things like that, like those memories, like being around so much of my family, you know, I'm the oldest of 
shit ton of grandkids. I can't, I've lost <laughs> We're like, too many, too many. <laughs> too many, too many. I, but I remember at the peak of like my childhood, it was, oh, it had to be like over 10 of us in terms of grandkids in the house at one time. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. That's a lot of presents and that's a lot of excitement and a lot of good food and just a lot of merriment. That's how I recall it. What about you? That sounds so amazing. And as you were speaking, I was just like picturing everything because I feel like I'm torn. I don't have the, I don't have the same luxury as you, Dom. When I think about the holiday season, it's very much bittersweet. There are good times, yes, but then there were also times where it was like, ooh, chow. So in the beginning, like when I was younger, there were times before my mom and dad had more kids and it was just me and my older sister. We used to get so spoiled. So we had, our Christmas used to be lit. We used to have so many toys under the tree. It was just so fun. I remember these different Barbie dolls and these different, we used to have this thing called Kitchen Littles, where it's like a little mini kitchen and you literally have like food that looks, I mean, it's like miniature, but it looks so real. So we used to have that for the Barbies. It was just really fun. We got a lot of gifts. And as we got older and they had more kids, um, they had to get the kids stuff. And so we didn't get as many gifts. And so I remember for me being at my grandmother's house because my maternal grandparents, we call them my mom and pop pop. Everybody went to their house for the holiday season. So for Thanksgiving, Christmas, my grandmother was like slaving, you know, over the stove, fixing that good food for everybody. And we'd have family from all over just come to her house and they would just be kind of filtering through throughout the day. Now, because I live with my grandmother, my siblings and I for a certain point, Dom, it was one of those situations where we had to help clean up the house, clean all the bathrooms, sweep the stairs, mop the floors, help, you know, help get things together for everyone else to visit. But then we also had to help clean up because everybody conveniently left and took their little to-go plates. And because we lived there, we had to clean up. So that was a thing. I was just like, mm, I, I didn't really like that part. But girl, the food was so good. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> food, Im- I, I could imagine like not liking that part. Yeah, like no kid like part, cleaning up. Yeah, I was like, that part, we, we could pass on that. But girl, the food, my grandmother can cook. Like the women in my family can cook so well. We used to have macaroni and cheese, girl, nice and creamy and cheesy. We had... Some sweet potatoes or yams, sweet potato pie, some turkey. She used to make everything, greens and uh, cornbread. I mean, all the good stuff. And we used to just eat until we couldn't button our pants and we'd all have the itis and just fall asleep wherever. <laughs> oh, my and goodness. Those... I, I just got so hungry just now just thinking Girl. about as you were naming everything. Like, my mouth mm. started watering. I was salivating mm. like, oh, my gosh when are the holidays coming so I can get some of this good okay and I'll tell you although I changed up my diet I feel like Christmas in particular but like the holiday season maybe Thanksgiving those are times where I'm like what diet like I'm eating all the stuff you know what I mean depending on who cooks it because you know how that goes you got to figure out okay who who made the potato salad and then you might dig in depending on who made it you know right right Dom, that was like the good part of the holiday season. There were times where, you know, my, I know the first Christmas after my dad passed away and my mom was locked up, that was a really tough holiday season for my siblings and I. And I think that was the year I turned 18. And that was a year where we had to get, like our church helped us 
get gifts to make sure the kids were okay. And I think I got like a pair of socks or something that year, but it was a point in time where I was like, oh, I really realized that I guess like what adulthood means. I was like, oh, okay. It was like my first glimpse into adulthood where it's like, yeah, you're not just going to be getting gifts, you know, delivered to you. Um, It's really about trying to help out and make sure that things are good for the younger people in the family. And so that was kind of like a rude awakening for me where it was like, oh, this is real life. Like this is what adulthood looks like being, you know, more responsible and, and, and just moving different, I guess you could say. Mm. And as you started to think about how, how the holidays really are about, not about the adults, it's not for the adults, it's for the kids. How did that kind of shift your perspective in terms of how you approach the holidays? Because I could imagine that that first holiday was pretty hard. But then after that, maybe there was some shift in perspective. Yes, Dom, that's a really good question. So for me, I remember journaling about it. Actually, you know what? So that was one holiday season. There was there were a few holidays before that where my, you know, one parent was incarcerated and then the other one had to kind of handle everything else. And so. I think for me, it just put me in, it really did put me in adult mode where it was like, okay, the holiday season, it's not about what I'm getting. It's more about what experience can I create for the little people, as we call my siblings when they were little. And so for me, it was all about just making things comfortable, making things pleasant for the kids so they could have a good holiday season. And then if they were happy and they got some of the things that they wanted, that made me happy. So I got my joy came from a different place. And I remember journaling one holiday season where I was like, you know what? I can tell that I'm really evolving, like I'm really growing up because if I would have gotten like one gift for Christmas in the past, I would have been, I would have been so upset. You know what I mean? I would have been complaining and all that. But now I've realized that there's a bigger meaning to it. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of what shifted for me. Mm, okay. And so one of the things that you mentioned in there was finding joy in the new way. And so I think that kind of brings us to some of our tips for how to manage the holiday blues. And so I kind of want us to start us off with uh, the first one where we talk about volunteering. So I think, you know, one of the things that I really took away from everything you said is that the holiday season is not about you. It's about giving to others, whether that's within your own family or your community at large. You can find joy in giving to others and volunteering in some way. Oh, hands down. I would agree with that, Dom. I think that just in general, when you're in a place that maybe isn't ideal or you're kind of uh just struggling in your own way. I think volunteering is always a great way for us to shift energy. And so instead of really thinking about ourselves and really magnifying our predicament, volunteering really allows us to put things in perspective. And I've always been a huge fan and advocate of volunteering because it has a it has a way of shifting your mood, you know? So instead of thinking about what you're lacking, you can help other people make them feel good. And in turn, I think that often makes you feel good. And so I know that you can look into, um, there's like the volunteermatch.com or Google volunteer opportunities, or even the United way 
has resources and you can learn more about volunteering at schools or soup kitchens or hospitals or museums or even places of worship to just help other people during that season, especially if you don't have people to be with. I know for me, the holiday season, and for many of us, it looks very different from how it looked as, you know, when we were children. Either you're sort of recreating your own holiday traditions or you are coping with the fact that, damn, all those loved ones, you know, like my mom and pop pop or, you know, Uncle Mike or Uncle Johnny, whatever, whoever it might be, they're not here anymore. And they kind of made the holiday season, right? Because they were the glue that stuck together. I don't know if I'll ever experience um, the holiday season the way that I did when my grandparents were here because their home was the hub, you know? They invited everyone over and we, that was like a little family reunion. And so it's different now. And so I think that volunteering is a great way to just shift our focus, you know? Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think shifting that focus and also realizing that you may be in a new city or you may be in a different, well, we're all usually in different phases of life because as we grow and develop, but being in this different phase in life means that how you normally do things, what your normal routine may be, looks different than it did maybe five years ago or when you were a kid. And so I think one of the way, another way, our second tip on how to get through the holidays, and particularly if you're feeling sad, is to maintain as much of your normal routine as possible. So if you know that, like, you have to work out three days out of the week and you know that maybe, let's say that perhaps you're not traveling for the holidays. And if you maintain that routine of like, okay, I'm going to work out for three days. And that may mean, okay, maybe your gym is closed for part of that time, but you find other ways to still get your exercise in so that as much you can have as much normalcy as possible. If you're, but let's say the opposite is happening and you are traveling to go visit loved ones or you're traveling out of the country or whatever it is that you're doing, you're not going to be at home. What we know is that when we maintain as much of our normal routine as possible, that helps us maintain our equilibrium, that helps us maintain our sense of balance and it reduces the amount of stress that we may experience in a time that automatically induces stress and anxiety. That's a really good point, Dom. And I also think about how, you know, let's say that part of the sort of normal holiday routine for you was like eating your, you know, your grandmother or your Nana's, you know, mac and cheese or her, uh, I don't know, banana pudding or something like that. Ooh. You could always, <laughs> did I get you? I got you with that one, girl. Yes, you did. I'm thinking about all did. these you dishes. back. Girl, all these dishes my grandmother made, she would really go in. And I'm like, you know what? For this holiday season, you know, the holidays looks different for us, but I might make one of those dishes just, you know, sort of in her honor and just to kind of uh create a little piece of that sort of routine that we've had in the family. And so I just want to put it out there. Now, we'll have to add some links in the show notes, but I have three recipes that I've shared um on my blog. So one is cornbread. 
And I do just want to add that the cornbread recipe, it went viral on Pinterest, girl. Like if you're looking for some high quality cornbread that's nice and moist, we got you. I'm going to add that. We're going to add that to the show notes. And then the other one is mac and cheese and then candy ends. So those are all three recipes. Yes. So if you're looking to do that and add a little bit of, you know, your past sort of holiday experience into this year, we'll add that in the show notes for you so you can get in that kitchen and start cooking. Oh, you are getting me all like, oh, excited. <laughs> I can't, oh, I can't wait. And so I think the thing too with that, like, as we're talking about like maintaining that routine is maintaining a normal level of food consumption, right? And alcohol consumption as well. Because when we're going through the holiday season, there's a tendency starting with thanks, well, for some people, Halloween, right? Because if you have kids or if you have allow kids to come to your door for trick or treating, then you're giving away tons of candy, right? And so you're having all this candy that you wouldn't normally consume in that amount, in that quantity. And then you fast forward a few weeks and then we have Thanksgiving. And if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, then chances are like you're cooking or you're enjoying <laughs> this <laughs> huge meal full of food that you don't eat to that degree on a normal day. So as you were talking about getting the itis, right? Like and Ooh. full and filling up until like you're busting out of your pants. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know that you have like multiple parties like back to back, that might not be the healthiest option for you, especially if you have been working all year on certain like nutritional weight loss goals that could completely derail you from those goals and then send you into a space of anxiety or depression because you've messed up on those goals that you worked so hard on. Right. And then you get into this space of like being upset with yourself. So figure out as you're navigating the holidays, how to allow yourself to still enjoy all that good food, but without overdoing it. Yeah, that's, um, I aspire to get to that point. Well, I guess I'm there now. I was going to say back in the day, girl, there were no, there were no rules. You just ate, oh, man, you just ate until you couldn't eat no more. <laughs> so I think that's a really <laughs> good tip. I'm just like, okay, I'm just thinking about it like, ooh. I wonder what my old self would have said, but that's a good one, Dom. And I think that kind of leads us into tip number three, which is find healthy ways to cope with the recent breakup. Breakups are always tough, but I feel like around the holiday season, they're just even more challenging, right? Because you're reminded of, you know, past memories. You may have had somebody ghost you right before they were able to give you a gift. And maybe you felt a little salty about that because you know how that goes. Sometimes people are like, you know what? Let me go ahead and I don't want to have to get a gift. Let me go ahead and just break this off. So, you know, it's just, it's a lot. It can be a lot. And then they pop right back up after Valentine's Day. You know what? You know what? Yes. That is a thing. That Mm -hmm. is a thing. And I think about, but you know, when I, when we talk about this, like about finding healthy ways to cope after a breakup, like I think some of the things that also could come up is let's say that you've been with this person for an extremely, um, for an, a long amount of time. Right. And you all maybe have established, had established some holiday traditions. Oh, 
Right, right. That or like you go to your. mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that or you go to your family's house and people are like, "Oh, how are you and um, you know, Marquise? What's going on with that?" And you're like, "God damn it, we just broke up," and like you don't really know what to say because it's awkward. So yeah, yeah. It's still it's still really raw. And so the thing is, is to think about it ahead of time, to think, plan ahead on a couple of quick responses that you can give to family. You can easily set a boundary with family and or whoever and say, me and Marquise are no longer together. I'm not in the space to really talk about it right now. And I appreciate you checking in on me. Um, I, I will reach out when I'm ready to share more, if I'm ready to share more. That sounds good to me. And don't feel bad about it either because breakups, I mean, we've all experienced it. Just because everyone doesn't talk about it doesn't mean that, you know, it's just you. I feel like sometimes it's shameful because we feel like, oh, either, you know, if it's a long relationship, oh, I failed at this relationship or, you know, it didn't work out and people didn't think it was and I wanted to prove it wrong. I mean, sometimes we beat ourselves up so much. Don't beat yourself up. Like, it happens. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes shame comes along with that, especially when people are asking questions and we have to face that. Exactly. And so be forgiving of yourself, be compassionate with yourself and know that it's okay to set that boundary that, like you said, that we've all been through a breakup and this is an opportunity for you to find other ways to enjoy the holidays. So like we mentioned in tip one, volunteering. So that can also, not only is it allowing you to give back and help other people, it could give you that little bit of a, a distraction time that you may need so that you're not necessarily focused on, oh, I'm not doing this with Marquise today. Or, you know, it gives you an opportunity to get outside of yourself for a little while. Love it, love it. And what's our next one, Dom? So our next tip ties into this how coping healthily from a breakup is to let yourself feel the feelings, right? And this applies not just to a breakup, but let's say that you have a family member who is incarcerated. You are mourning the death of a loved one. So this is your first holiday without that loved one around whatever the feelings are that come up around the holidays give yourself the space and time to feel those feelings and we said this in a previous episode that it's okay to feel the feelings it's how you respond or behave to those feelings that can cause the problem so Going back to our example of Marquise. So we, you know, we're sad about not being able to spend Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's with Marquise. And our song from the quote of the day comes on, right? And let's say we're driving around town and we hear, what do the lonely do? And all of a sudden, we're at the stoplight and tears just start running down our face. Because we really are sad, like, we're not going to get to spend Christmas with Marquise. Let yourself feel those tears. Mm -hmm. Know that it is okay 
to feel those tears. Let those tears come out. And then you acknowledge them and you say, you know what? I am sad that I'm not going to spend Christmas with Marquise, but there are ways in which I can still enjoy the holidays and you connect with friends and family. You connect with people that are going to uplift you and make you feel supported and loved and valued. Yes. And I feel like even if you have to, you know, self, self uh, soothe, that's important too. Like that's something I've cultivated over the years where it's like, maybe you're going through that breakup or you're missing someone or, you know, you're, you're, you're just dealing with your non-traditional holiday season. Um, I think that it's important to, in feeling those feelings, knowing that it's okay if you have to, you know, talk yourself through something or just self-soothe in like a way that might be a little different, like journaling or, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes for me, Dom, what I used to do during those times, journaling would be key for me, but also just kind of talking myself through a situation to let remind myself that it's going to be okay or just processing certain details about, you know, an interaction or something in general. Um, but I think that sometimes we like to distract ourselves, right? So it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple shots or I'm going to just suppress it and put it down. But I think just letting yourself feel everything that comes up and just being gracious with yourself is really important because that way you can let it come up and it doesn't become stagnant within, within you. And also realizing that there's nothing wrong if you don't feel jolly this season, right? You may hear Christmas music and maybe you, you've right, you're cringing, right? It's okay. Like everyone doesn't have to be in this space of, you know, have a holly jolly Christmas, like that everyone's not going to be in that space. Okay. And that's okay. I think a lot of people do experience sadness and feelings of loss during the holidays because things have changed so drastically from how we may have remembered them. So again, just be kind with yourself, seek support and even laugh at yourself or other people, you know, every now and then to kind of lighten the mood. Right. Right. And so I think that leads into our tip number five, which is to set boundaries and be true to yourself, right? So whether that's giving yourself that space to self-soothe and letting family and friends know that, hey, I I know you are expecting me to be happy and merry right now, but this isn't happening for me right now. And asking for them to give you that space to not be okay for a little bit or to not be fully excited, even though you may be present, you're not, it's hard to be excited because either you're upset about the breakup or it's hard to be at mama's house and mama isn't here. Let yourself feel those feelings and communicate that that's a boundary for you. And be and and that allows you to truly honor yourself and your space and your feelings. Another way that we in which we can also set boundaries and be true to ourselves, let's say, and I know that this has come up a lot for new parents, that you've just had a baby and tra- normally you and your partner will fly across the country to be with your families. But 
you're hesitant to get on the plane with a new baby. Or maybe you are too exhausted from adjusting to new parenting that you don't have the energy to pack bags and plan a cross-country trip with an infant. But your family is expecting you. Because the tradition is that everybody shows up at mama's house. Well, if that is not within you this year, it is okay to set that boundary and say, I'm going to miss not being able to be present for all, for the big semi family reunion at mama's house. But right now, we can't do it. We want to spend the holidays in our own house. Yep. And I think your peace of mind is more important than, you know, how someone feels about what you said. You got to do what's best for you. And that reminds me also, Dom, and we talked about this in our boundary episode. I forget what season it was in, but check the archives for that boundary episode for more details here. But one other thing is, you know, when you're meeting with family, Sometimes you got that. Usually for me, it's like, you know, you might have like a creepy uncle that everybody, I feel like everybody talks about having like a creepy uncle where they're trying to hug up on you and you're like, uh-uh, that you're doing too much. So setting a boundary there. I think one that works well, if you're looking for one is, you know, as soon as you walk in, just, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather and you just kind of put that out there. So if anyone tries to reach for a hug, that's, that's the go-to. Yeah, it might be a white lie, but whatever, whatever allows you to set that boundary. So no one has to touch you unnecessarily. Um, oh, I'm under the weather kind of give them the elbow or, you know, shake hands or whatever you might want to do as opposed to hugging. And that might be a way to set a boundary so that you can respect yourself, your person, and also be true to you. Yes. And I think as you continue to be true to you and set those boundaries, what that may mean is our final tip, being open to new traditions. So, T, I'm going to look to you because you've been married for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. What are some new traditions that you and your husband kind of established after you all got married? Girl, that's a good one because we have totally gone non-traditional. Um, let's see. For us, we've been going to the movies on Christmas, on Christmas okay. Day, which I didn't realize that's actually a thing. Like, people, that's like... People do that. For me, growing up, we used to always just be in church, so I never knew what anybody else was doing. I was like, this is where we at. But we started going to the movies, and the movies, it's usually jam-packed, right? We might go to breakfast. That's usually packed. People are out having breakfast. And then we go to the movies to see what's opening, you know, what's coming out on, on Christmas Day. And that's one ritual. We've also been staying home for us home in San Francisco as opposed to us being on the East Coast where we're both from. And so we used to go see our families during the Christmas or the holiday season, but now we stay at our place and we just do whatever we feel. So whether I cook for the holiday or we're like, oh, we're just going to go out, we just do whatever we feel. And we don't really put a lot of expectations around us. So we go with the flow. But I think that when we have a little person, we'll probably, it'll probably look even more different, right? We'll then have new traditions based on that, that, you know, the baby. So for now, it's pretty low key and chill. Well, I think what you said was about 
going with the flow and doing things non-traditionally sounds like that is a tradition for y'all is to (laughs) each year we do something that is based on being true to ourselves. And so that's your tradition is to just be true to you. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's right, girl. That is right. And I love it because just in general, when it comes to gender roles and chores and just different things that we do, we we don't really listen to what other people, you know, say people should do or, you know, what society says. I think really just setting setting a precedent for what works for you, you know, and I think just being being true to that and being OK with it because it's your life at the end of the day. You have to live with it. And so just to do a quick recap uh, for our six ways to manage the holiday blues, we have volunteering for number one. We have number two, maintain as much of your normal routine as possible. Number three is find healthy ways to cope with the recent breakup. Number four, let yourself feel the feelings when they come up as you cope with different things in life. Number five is set boundaries and be true to yourself. And number six is be open to new traditions. And lady, as you are moving into this holiday season, we hope that your holiday season is filled with all of the things that make you feel like you, whatever that looks like. And I do want to say, y'all have to check out these holiday season memes. Don, have you seen some of these memes that come up every holiday season? One of the hashtags is uh, Thanksgiving with Black families. Oh, yes, yes. That, Girl. I mean, that has me cracking up every year. So. Every year. Adding a little comedy into into your holidays. Twitter hashtags, Instagram is a way to find (laughs) find the comedy around the holidays. And I just want to say one of my all time favorites is a picture where they have, I think it's like a bunch of uh, family members with like their eyes are red, and then the caption says something like, "When." When you and your uncle say you're going to go to the store real quick, you know how that goes. We're like, oh, we're about to go to the store. And they come back and it's like, everybody's high. What the hell y'all do on the way to the store? (laughs) (laughs) That is one of my favorite memes. I'm like, oh, that is like my family right there. I can resonate with that deeply. Um, But I also do want to shout out anyone that just has one of those interesting holiday situations. So whether you're a single mom, a single dad, you have a family member in jail, or you're just coping, you know, with the loss of loved ones, or you're just by yourself for the holiday season, you know, just shout out to you. We're sending you positive vibes and, and, and light. And we hope that you have a great holiday season. You still have a few weeks to prepare. So get your game plan in place. Use some of the tips that we've used and try to find a self care plan for yourself as you tackle this, uh, this interesting season. Thanks for joining us today in her space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I know that everything is working out for my good, 
even when things don't go as planned. We'll see you next week, lady.